This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. I never thought I would say this. Well, at least not over the course of the last six months. I didn't think I would say this. I never really thought about it before then. I think I am going to have to, going forward, refrain from mentioning Taylor Swift. Because it's just gotten out of control. You know, I I like to do this show as the antidote to the rest of the media. The rest of the media is doing A. I like to do not B. I like to do Z. Uh, the rest of talk radio is doing A. I like to do X, right? I like to go against the grain. But I, I don't want to say I was one of the first, but I, at least in the talk radio world, I was one of the early people to recognize the incredible global phenomenon that is Taylor Swift. Now, I don't care that much about her music. She has some songs that I like, some, you know, most I find just okay, to be honest. But I then saw what the Swifties did to Al Michaels, and I wanted to go on record saying I had nothing but respect for Taylor Swift. And then I saw an incredible phenomenon occur. Every time we would mention Taylor Swift, the ratings would spike up just now, just a minute ago. We can monitor these streaming numbers, and all you have to do is mention Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, and the ratings go up exponentially. Well, I think I have to stop. Even though, you know, obviously I could use the ratings boost. But everyone has now caught on to this. Taylor Swift might be the most powerful person in the world. Let's begin with the Golden Globes. It went from 6.3 million viewers last year to 10 million viewers this year. Not much of a difference in the quality of films nominated. Not much of a difference in terms of the presentation Nothing really added. No big glitzy musical numbers. The only real difference was Taylor Swift. The host, she attended this year, and they showed her on camera a couple times. So the host of the Golden Globes, Joe Coy, who found out that he was hosting just 10 days before, made a Taylor Swift joke. You know, obviously, uh, the NFL has benefited from Swift mania as well because she's uh, dating uh, Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs, and except if you listen to the New York Times, because the New York Times says that, that he's just a beard, and she's actually, as they said, queer. But they made a joke about that. Joe Coy, hosting the Golden Globes, made the following joke. As you know, we came on after a football doubleheader. Uh, the big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, on the Golden Globes... We have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear. There's just more to go to here. So at that point, they... I didn't even think this was worth, me worth mentioning, but apparently everybody else does, so let me comment on it and explain it if you didn't hear about this. At that point that he makes that joke, which was funny. It was one of his funnier jokes. They show a shot of Taylor Swift's face. She's in the audience. And she doesn't crack a smile. She's there deadpan. Deadpan. And it's clear she did not appreciate the joke. To her credit, she did not get up and slap the joke maker as 
Will Smith would. Uh, to her credit, she didn't go and uh, interrupt someone's award speech uh, like Kanye West would. But she, her looks could kill have been criticized by everybody. Everybody. The View has been criticizing her for it. And even Megyn Kelly on her show yesterday gave, took a shot at uh, Taylor Swift for, for this. She's not in charge of the number of times the NFL chooses to put her on cam. That's not her fault. It is annoying. And if she were smart, she would laugh like she was in on the joke. So she basically, Megyn Kelly goes on, she said Taylor Swift didn't handle it well. She should have laughed. Now, sometimes you can't help your facial expressions. You'd like to think you could laugh at yourself all the time. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't. So that's Taylor Swift issue number one. Well, there may be bad blood between Taylor Swift and Fox News. You know, we had Jesse Waters' show on yesterday with the sound off, and I saw he's doing a Taylor Swift segment. I said, oh, no big deal. Because, you know, uh, Taylor Swift is big and everybody knows that by doing segments about her, you get uh, big ratings. So basically, the um, Jesse Waters on the Fox News Channel actually suggested that Taylor, and I can't tell if he's joking or not. He suggested that Taylor Swift could be a front for a covert political agenda. So on his show... He told viewers that around, well, let me see if we have the audio here. This is Jesse Waters talking about Taylor Swift being a psyop for the Pentagon. Well, Taylor Swift's the biggest star in the world. Sorry, Gutfeld. She's been blanketed across the sports media entertainment atmosphere. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian. And last year's tour broke Ticketmaster. A tour that's revenue tops the GDP of 50 countries. I mean, I like her music. She's all right. But I mean, have you ever wondered why or how she blew up like this? Well, around four years ago, the Pentagon Psychological Operations Unit floated turning Taylor Swift into an asset during a NATO meeting. What kind of asset? A psyop for combating online misinformation. He then showed a clip from a 2019 conference organized by the NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center for Excellence, where a presenter appears to name Taylor Swift merely as an example of a powerful influencer. He continues. So is Swift a front for a covert political agenda? Primetime obviously has no evidence. If we did, we'd share it. But we're curious because the pop star who endorsed Biden is urging millions of her followers to vote. She's sharing links. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelty, sponsored by Pfizer. And their relationships boosted the NFL ratings this season, bringing in a whole new demographic. Very interesting. Now, I can't tell if he's serious about Taylor Swift being a Pentagon psyop or not. But yesterday, the Pentagon came out and they pushed back against Jesse Waters' claim. Uh, it was nice. We actually knew where the Secretary of Defense was yesterday. And they referenced one of Swift's big hits by saying in a statement, as for this conspiracy theory, we're going to shake it off. Quote, this is from the Pentagon, but that does highlight that we still need Congress to approve our supplemental budget request as swiftly as possible so we can be out of the woods with potential fiscal concerns. And then she sees the opportunity to highlight a Swift song by telling Congress, I wish you would, I guess that's one of her songs, grant the administration its supplemental budget request. So I don't know if Jesse Waters was joking, if this was a serious proposal, or if he was just doing this as an excuse to mention Taylor Swift. 
I'm also curious if you think there's anything to what he's saying. Is Teller Swift actually a Pentagon PSYOP? 800-848-9222. For the record, I do not think so. 800-848-9222. And then let us turn to Taiwan. Taiwan is one of the countries that is having a big election this year. The United States, there's like four or five big countries having elections this year. When I say big, I don't mean big in terms of population. The United States certainly is big in terms of population, but big in terms of global significance. Taiwan, while it's uh, comparatively small to the United States, it's a very important um, country, if you believe that it is a country, or it's a very important renegade province of, uh, of China. Voters in Taiwan are saying that cross-strait relations meaning basically relations with China, is a top consideration as they cast their votes in the presidential election on Saturday. So Taiwan's, you know, we interviewed that Taiwanese comedian maybe about two months ago. She was great. Maybe we'll have her back after the presidential election on Saturday. But Taiwan's residents increasingly identify as Taiwanese rather than Chinese, especially the younger ones. And surveys have also found a rise in the number of people who support moving the country closer to independence. So there's three candidates in Taiwan's election on Saturday. You have the ruling Democratic Progressive Party, DPP. Their candidate is William Lai. Then you have the more Beijing-friendly Kuomintang Party, or KMT. Um, they, They want a good relationship with China. Their candidate is Hu Yu Yi. And then the recently founded Taiwan People's Party, or TPP, and they have their candidate, Ko Wen Ji, whose views on China are somewhere in between. So in 1992, just to give you some perspective, the proportion of Taiwan residents who identified as Taiwanese only was just under 18%. By last year... It had risen to 63%. So that's really the fundamental issue in Taiwan. Are we Taiwan or are we China? Guess who is playing an unexpected role in this presidential campaign? Okay, you've guessed it. Obviously you have because you're a very smart person. Taylor Swift, the most powerful person on earth. The... KMT vice presidential candidate, not the presidential, but the vice presidential candidate. That is the one that's the more Beijing friendly party said they're making it impossible for Taylor Swift to perform in Taiwan without risking China's ire. The vice presidential candidate, Jia Shou Kong, said during a debate earlier this month that when he previously served as the chair of the Broadcasting Corporation of China, he had invited Swift to Taiwan, but she had declined, citing geopolitical reasons. So Jaw cited this as a consequence of DPP's policies that have alienated Beijing and as an example of why the party's China stance is bad for Taiwan. Now, he didn't provide any evidence for this. But And Taiwan's Ministry of Culture said that many major brands have performed in Taiwan and that what the KMT vice presidential candidate said wasn't true. But 
we do know that the Chinese government uses access to its enormous population of music fans, and we've talked about this with movies and the um, Barbie movie in particular lately, to try to ensure that artists and movie stars don't cross any of these Chinese red lines. Lady Gaga, for instance, was banned from China in 2016 after meeting with the Dalai Lama. So you wonder, could playing the SWIFT card actually help the pro-China party, the KMT, get elected? Could he be running for president of Taiwan, essentially, or vice president, on a platform of elect us and we'll make Taiwan safe for Taylor Swift to perform? Because I will tell you, if you asked me to list 100 potential issues that were going to come up, In the um, Taiwanese presidential election, Taylor Swift would not have been one of them, and yet here she is. So I think I have to put Taylor Swift in the Chris Christie category. I think I have to retire her as a talk topic on this program. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it because, after all, we have 20 hours a week to fill. But if everybody in the world from a Taiwanese vice presidential candidate, to Jesse Waters and the Pentagon, to the NFL, to the Golden Globes, to Megyn Kelly, to The View, is all going to be reading from the same script in order to kind of keep my street cred as somebody that goes against the grain. I think I have to stop any of this swift talk. All right. um, Weigh in, if you like, on this Jesse Waters, Taylor Swift, Pentagon conspiracy theory. Weigh in on the Taiwanese presidential election. And... Tell me, do you think that exhibited poor humor on her part by not laughing at that uh, Joe Coy joke at the Golden Globes? 800-848-9222. That's uh, 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Daniel in Ann Arbor listening on AM 910, the Superstation, WFDF. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Frank. Uh, When I called last week, you uh, said that you wanted me to call again, and Wonderful. apparently Glad you your have. wish is my command. So here I am. A grammar is a gig of mine, and I composed a very short three-paragraph essay while listening to you and Ellen, which oh I'd like to share with you. Let's hear it. it. It concludes finally with a specific example involving you that I promise will chill you to the bone. Oh, my. Okay. We're underway. Okay. So now this is... 30,000 foot view. The goal of language, the goal of writing, is to be a transparent interface between your soul and its intentions and the listener or reader. The goal of grammar is to be a self-programming cybernetic experience. English is in fact a computer programming language, let's call it basic. Done right, your perfecting of your grammar is simultaneously perfecting you as a human being, expanding your confidence and sharpening your decision-making. Your functional IQ rises and you gain in clarity. Finally, think of your writing as swing jazz musical score, where every unit of punctuation, every placement of words at the beginning or at the end, is done to convey the swing jazz beat to the listener. All right. I mean, I don't know how to respond to that, Daniel. I um, 
you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. I think uh, I appreciate listen, the contribution. Listen to it again. Now, here's the example. Um, if language is perfect, then you can have simple rules that would be something like if two words both are equally good at getting a definition across, the shorter one wins. So, therefore, regardless of how you feel, irregardless has to go because it has one syllable more. <laughs> I like okay okay I, I I like it regardless. I'm trying to bring it back. I I like it. I I find it provides a functionality that is lacking in both irrespective and regardless. But the problem is you throw out you use irregardless and everyone thinks you're a moron. But what do I think care what people think? I'm I'm going down with the ship. I'll use irregardless. 800-848-9222 800-848-9222 Mickey is in the Queens. Hello Mickey. Oh, hello, Frank. How are you? I'm as cool as a chicken doing the Macarena. Oh, (laughs) okay. Please uh, take Carmine to the dentist. Number one, I think by age two, they have to have their first visit if he hasn't had one yet. We went to the dentist. dentist. Yeah, we went to the dentist. Did you mention the the injury on the jaw? Because, you know, his jaw is still developing. I think... um, I'm sorry, but you should have taken him immediately to the emergency room. All right. Well, I'm starting to think you were right there, uh, Mickey. I, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't remember if that took place before or after his visit. I think it might have been after, but but your, your point's well taken. Maybe we'll take him back. Yeah, take him before you worry for the next 18 years if, if it's affecting him in any way. Yeah, well, I, I think, I honestly, Mickey, him. I think it's just, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with his jaw. I think it's just a scar under his chin. I think it's just, a you know, an abrasion. Well, let the doctor decide that. Okay. Maybe he wants an next. We don't know what the doctor is going to say. Right. And the second part of this is my mother was very strict with the language. I love hearing Ellen Jovin, Jovan. Jovan, yes. Jovan. And my problem has been that I didn't want my daughter to speak broken Spanish. And, you know, some people, probably all the cultures have the same thing, but people, he, uh, the, 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 the children of, and I love the English language too. You hear the children talking bad Spanish. Oh, sounds so cute. Look how he's talking. I don't. So I say either she speaks good Spanish or she doesn't speak it at all. Then stick to English only. Well, I and, uh, uh, I, I hear you, Mickey. I, I'm i not sure how to respond to that, but I can only say if it makes you feel better, I will avoid using any broken Spanish on this program. Okay, thank you. Proper Spanish only uh, for Mickey. 800 Curious as to uh, whether you think Taylor Swift has become too powerful. You can also email me, frank.morano at uh, redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at uh, redappleaudionetworks.com. Alex is in California. Hi, Alex. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I just want to say that regardless of who wins the presidential election, the Taiwanese will continue to pour uh, capital investments into China for the past two decades they put the majority of those investments in China and not elsewhere. So the Taiwanese have voluntarily decided that they want to be tied to China, whether economically or politically, and I don't think we should interfere. 
Well, I mean, I, I have varying views on the whole um, Taiwanese issue. Ultimately, I think the Taiwanese should um, be able to control their, their own fate, but I'm not prepared to use American military might in order to enforce that decision, should it be independence. I mean, my and thanks for the call, Alex. My broader point was just about the global influence of Taylor Swift, that not only is she playing a role in American elections, she's playing a role in Taiwanese elections. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, open lines if you want to comment. This is The Other Side of Midnight, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. A beautiful song sung by an incredible performer. Uh, I'm not sure if this version is quite as good as the Nikolai Volkov version of this song, but it is pretty good. You can't can't knock it. It is quite good. Uh, playing this because uh, Jay and the Americans was a favorite of uh, John and Victoria Gotti. John Gotti no longer alive. But his wife, Victoria, is still alive and well. And uh, today's her birthday. And she is a, a regular listener of this program and wanted to wish her a happy birthday and many happy returns. Whatever you think about her, her, you know, her husband who passed away or her son or her brother-in-law or her other brother-in-law or her other brother-in-law, um, you know, nobody can say that uh, Victoria Gotti Sr., the elder, has had uh, an easy life. She has been through the ringer, and uh, I think for whatever sins her family has committed, she has certainly paid for them many times over. And if there's anybody worthy of having a happy birthday, I think it is certainly her. All right. I'm going to get back to your calls in a moment. The, um, you know, a couple of days ago, I told you about this check that I got for $6.31 for a uh, television appearance that I did a few years ago. And they sent it to me in 2022, but I didn't get around to depositing it until this week. So I'm trying to figure out a way that I can still get this $6.31. The bank tells me I have to reach out to who sent it to me. So I reach out to what I think is the entity that sent the check. You know, a lot of these entities use shell corporations and this and that. And I... um I reach out to them and I give all the identification on the check, the employee number, this number, that number, 
And they uh, basically, they said, all right, can you send me a photo of the check? Yes. Here's a photo. I sent it right over. And they said, oh, no, sorry. Uh, that's, that's not us. Uh, you need to actually contact, um, you know, entertainment partners. That's the group, I guess. You need to contact entertainment partners. That's the entity that um, is responsible for this check. Okay. So I, I, they give me a phone number, and I reach out to this other group, Entertainment Partners, explain the same situation, give all the identifying information, and I explain, is there any way to get you to, you know, send me a new check? And then they write me just, you know, yesterday afternoon. Hello, Frank. Thank you for contacting Entertainment Park Partners. The image of the check you have shared has now been assigned to the unclaimed property department. In order to process a claim for an uncashed payroll check that is at least 300 days old, please complete and return the attached unclaimed property claim form. The property owner's physical signature is required. Once completed, please submit the form to unclaimed property by responding to this email. Now, my printer in my office is not really hooked up to my laptop, which is what I use as my primary computer. So they send me this form, and I forward it to my wife. And I said, hey, honey, can you, if you get a chance, would you be able to print out this attachment? And my wife writes back almost immediately. She says, seriously? The $6 check? The way you spend money, you're worried about a $6.31 check? Honey, it is the principle. It is the principle of that $6.31 that I am owed for being a voice on the TV show Damages. If I do not get that $6.31, it's insulting to the producers of that show Damages. It's insulting to the cast and crew of that show Damages. It's insulting to... The many fans of the show Damages that want me paid for that. Again, this is going back 15 years, that appearance. So um, she didn't print it. I, we printed it out here. And I see it says, if you want this, you have to mail it. And they'll send a replacement check out two to four weeks because they need the original signature. So now I'm thinking, wait a minute. The price of the postage stamp is 66 cents. So now, in order to get my $6.31, I'm going to have to use a 66-cent postage stamp. So now, my whole profit margin is gradually being eaten away. So I'll tell you what I did. I'm not going to mail this. I'm not ready to pay the price of that postage stamp yet to get back this $6.31. So I scanned a copy of my original signature on this form and sent it in. And I'm hoping that that will be sufficient for them. It's a wet signature on the scan. And I'm hoping that that'll be good. If not, I guess I'll have to bite the bullet and send it in with the 66 cent stamp. But I'm starting to think that all this effort might not be worth the $6.31. However, I'm not stopping. Because I've already put in so much work into trying to get this $6.31 check that I just can't stop now. I've got to finish the job, however long it takes. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Lisa is in Connecticut. Hi, Lisa. 
Hello, how are you? Well, if uh, I'm being candid, I am just peachy. Thank you. I, I heard about the little macarena with the chicken. Yes, that's, cool. that's true. Well, I guess a uh, winner winner chicken dinner, uh, you could do the macarena with your chicken dinner that is just, that's coming your way. In- indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, as far as this Taylor Swift situation, um, I think she's got every right to say that she won't go there because there's a possible situation. But um, I know, you know, it's her year. Everybody's watching her. She was time person of the year. Everybody's watching what she's saying. Um, but, I mean, she's she, she's not wrong. There could be a situation that happens. You know what I mean? Well, of course, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame her. I wouldn't... I wouldn't anything to happen to her or her, her staff or anything. I had a situation when... Um, back in 2004 when we went to Vietnam, there was a situation that turned into a riot. You don't want anything like that. We got out safely. So, um, you know, this is a different time. This is, this is why I'm very happy that I did a lot of touring back in the early 2000s. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, I, I, of course I would love to be touring more now, but, um, back in the day, it was a lot different different times and you have to be a, a, a little bit more careful oh yeah no i'm not disputing that lisa basically you yeah. know my my only point was i just think it's interesting that she's being brought up in order to influence a uh, a foreign election. election i just thought that was I know, interesting that's, that's i wasn't how, questioning that's how big yeah i wasn't inter- that's questioning that's how- whether or not she should be performing there or not oh yeah but i think that's that's pretty interesting how her influence has an impact on an election because, you know, it brings in revenue, it brings in people, and and also ties into the fact that we all in the United States know what's going on with the tension in that area. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. So it kind of ties in because a big public artist like that who is, you know, publicly saying that there might be some tension in the area that could arise situations because they're over there and they're looking at the USA as the biggest democracy in the world. Right. And they're seeing all of our superstars and celebrities and things and how it plays out. And so, you know, when anybody comes forward and says something about what's going on in world affairs, it does have an impact. I Mm -hmm. think if you're really on, you know, at the top of your game. Sure. Yeah. Well, well said, Lisa. Let us know when you start touring again. We'll uh, we'll be sure to uh, keep an eye out for you. We'll tell people how they can get tickets. Thank you, Lisa. 800-848-9222. Joaquin is in Pennsylvania. All Hi, right, Joaquin. Frank. Now you, now you threw me a curveball. I want to wish Victoria Gotti a happy birthday. Very nice. It sounds like Actually, the dog is as well. I, I, You know what? I've met her. I used to deal with uh, them at, at New York Shredder. I've met John Jr. And when you say her husband, are you referring to Carmine Abruzzo? No, um, I, I think you're confusing her with her daughter. I, I think it was her daughter that was married to Carmine Agnello. No, uh, all right. Well, no, no. Uh, Carmine Abruzzo was John uh, Senior's son-in-law. Yeah, I'm talking about John Senior's widow. And and again, it's not Abruzzo; it's Agnello. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I used to deal with him on a daily basis. All right, well, but you understand it's his former mother-in-law's birthday today, not not his oh, ex-wife. Okay. All right, okay, all right. Well, anyway, uh, I, I will tell you a story about this. 
uh, the guy I worked for, I've, I've, I've known a lot of people actually because I worked in, in sanitation and demolition. And the guy, and we worked and, and we hauled for them on a daily basis. And one day I came into work and my boss was cowering in the corner like you ever see a mouse in a, in a cage, you know, with a snake. And I asked, I asked his right hand man, why, what's wrong with John? And he says, oh, uh, Carmine, he owes, Carmine owes him a lot of money. And I said, oh, he says he's afraid he's going to get a visit. But eventually they, they paid him. All right. Well, I, it sounds like it. Well, that's that's great, Joaquin. It sounds like it worked out great. I mean, I'm a dog lover, but that dog barking in the background was uh, a little annoying. So, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously Hunter Biden was in Washington yesterday. We'll talk about it with Brian Kilmeade yesterday. But uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal, I believe that's the proper pronunciation, Democrat of Washington, uh, misspoke while mentioning the supposed insurrection. And this was in the House of Representatives yesterday. Here's what Representative Jayapal had to say. Let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that too. <laughs> I'm wondering, look, I, I make mistakes with language all the time, obviously. But I'm wondering if that is an example of a Freudian slip. What is she thinking about there if that's what she's saying when she's intending to say insurrection let's talk about the fact that president trump incited an erection uh, and <laughs> maybe that too <laughs> now that would be a scandal let's talk about the fact that president trump incited an erection uh, and <laughs> maybe that too <laughs> well she laughed it off she handled it in, in with good humor all right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Norman is in Brooklyn. Hi, Norman. Hey, Frank. I'd, I'd like to know if you'd want to hear my uh, little story about Jay Black and dealing with his sister about 10 years ago in an office in uh, Borough Park. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's interesting. Okay. Uh, about 10 years ago, Frank, I was lifting weights, and I thought I had a hernia. So I went to my regular doctor, and he was out of town, and they gave me a referral to another doctor that was in Borough Park. Now, I'm not an ultra-Orthodox. I'm not Orthodox at all, Frank. I eat bacon. And I went to a, uh, I went to the office there, and it was all Hasidic Jews. They had prayer books on the chairs. And uh, I, I was feeling a little guilty that I'm not particularly a good Jew. And I... I uh, I waited to see the doctor. Doctor ruled out hernia. It was a bad strain. And I went to settle the bill at the end uh, at the reception desk. And I was talking to the receptionists who were, uh, you know, they wore shadles. They wore, they wore uh, wigs. And I'm talking to one of the receptionists. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not a particularly good Jew. I'm not religious. And she goes, why, why? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't do much anything. She goes, she goes, Tell him who your brother is to the other receptionist. Tell him who your brother is. And the woman goes, oh, my brother is Jay Black. Oh. And she opens up the cabinet, and she's got all these pictures of Jay Black. And apparently Jay Black grew up in an ultra-Orthodox home in Borough Park or in around that area. Yeah, in Astoria. And, uh, and, and then Borough Park, right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of a just a strange thing, you know. I I uh, went, you know, thinking I was going to go to this all very heavily religious, um, very serious atmosphere, and I wound up speaking to Jay Black's sister, and she was very. That's proud pretty cool. Of her that is a good story. Take- See, that's an interesting story, Norman. Well done. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Jay Black's music. I um I got to meet him once. It was at a John Katzmatidis. For mayor campaign event, uh, Jay Black and John uh, were friends. Obviously, Jay passed away, and uh, he performed in support of uh, John Katzmatidis, and that was a real, real treat for me uh, because even as an older fella, and at the time I think he was about seventy-five or seventy-six, he still had a great voice. Still had a great voice, and in terms of you know his Jewish history, that's interesting. I didn't know that he had a an Orthodox uh, sister, but. He, one of his early recordings is a Yiddish song. You can find it on the YouTube. It's really interesting. It's called Where Is My Village? And it's about the Holocaust. So uh, Jay Black was a guy that was very in touch with his uh, Jewish upbringing and Jewish identity. And unfortunately, we lost him about three years ago. Great guy. Uh, great guy. Uh, and Well, I, I didn't know him as a person. Really seemed like a great guy. Certainly a great musician. Certainly a great musician. All right. 800-848-9222. Larry is on Long Island. Hi, Larry. Hey, Frank. Um, has anybody recommended for Carmine Scar vitamin E? Well, no. I mean, so far I haven't heard anybody recommend it. So uh, like a okay. vitamin E uh, cream or something? No. Gel capsules. And you break it open and you take the gel and you apply it. To a scar, I've got a I've got a scar from knee surgery many years ago, and it was recommended. And it, while the scar is still there, because this was major surgery, um, it has over over the years, maybe months, maybe a year at best, it dissipated dramatically. Really? Okay. Vitamin, yeah. Yes. Uh, any specific type of um, vitamin E capsule that you'll recommend? I'll, I'll, I'm going to order some today. No, because it's been it's been too long. I mean, okay. Just, over-the-counter vitamin E gel. Can I also talk about one thing real quickly? With sure, you? sure. It's your dime. I, w- I want to talk about my boyhood hero growing up, Bruno Sammartino. Mm. Now, he was, he was bigger than life to me. But one thing I became not obsessed with, but I became like zeroed in on for a bunch of years. As Bruno got older, he was losing his hair. Right, and then one, and then one day, there he is on TV, and he's got—I mean, a full head of hair. So for years, he wrestled with a hairpiece. Right. Nobody ever talked about it. So well, you've got all these monsters who who want to destroy him in the ring. Never once did they go near his hair. There had to be discussions in the back. Leave his hair alone. Everything else is fair game. And I became obsessed watching this. If you go back and you watch early Bruno when he had, Mm -hmm. you know, he was losing it. And then you go back and you see this hairpiece. And it was a lot of hair. They never went, not one wrestler ever went near his hair. You're you're right about that. And um, Lanny Poffo, in an interview that's available on uh, on the YouTube, who also recently passed away, he uh, he when he's criticizing Bruno Sammartino, he mentions that. He mentions the 
um, you know, the fact that Bruno would insist that all of his adversaries uh, didn't mess around with his hairpiece at all. So uh, it's a very astute observation on your part. A great wrestler, a guy that was super strong before anybody was super strong, and a great performer as well. And a real, look, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm not just saying this because he's a, he's Italian, but a tremendous immigrant success story a guy that came to this country um fleeing the nazis and uh was an incredibly successful performer and uh, really the definition of the american dream is if you ask me thanks larry 800-848-9222 this is the other side of midnight straight ahead the other side of midnight Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. You know, speaking of celestial bodies and planets, you know, I just came across this article. It's from Space.com. Um, we've been talking about what happened with the Peregrine Moonlander, Lander, Moon Lander, which we covered the launch on Monday with great acclaim. And it was really exciting. I mean, it's exci- I-, I thought it was exciting. Um, the Gen Z apologists that I work with had no interest in sending their DNA into orbit around the sun or to the moon or anywhere else for that matter. They don't care what becomes of their remains after they die. The only thing they're concerned about is preservation of uh, Generation Z and making sure Generation Z defamation, as uh, we saw with Jodie Foster recently, is avoided at every turn. But I thought it was exciting. I thought it was interesting. We got into this um, with great length, in, um, in great depth with Dr. Sky yesterday. So what happened? Well, they're saying that the peregrine moonlander might have been doomed by a stuck valve. Astrobotic has homed in on the potential cause for the problems plaguing its moonlander, which has been leaking fuel since its launch into orbit earlier this week. On January 9th, its builder, Astrobotic, said a stuck valve may have led to a propellant tank rupture, dooming the lander's prospects for landing on the moon. Isn't that amazing? You know what it reminds me of? We did one of our Unsolved Mystery segments uh, last year, because everything's last year now, uh, about a nuclear accident that was caused by a stuck valve, which I thought was so interesting. Uh, or, uh, you know, a stuck rod, I guess, but it's a similar kind of thing. And it's a similar point that I made to both Dr. Sky yesterday and John Banzaf the um, previous day. The more high-tech things are, the more things get, I don't know, foiled by low-tech stuff. 
You wouldn't think a, a stuck valve would be something that, that would put an end to this lunar mission. So, all right, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. By the way, speaking of space, um, but a really great response to the interview with Dr. Sky yesterday. If you didn't hear it yet, I do hope you'll uh, go back and listen to the podcast at redapplepodcastnetwork.com. My guest tomorrow is going to be astrophysicist Dr. Paul Sutter. This guy is one smart guy. He is a theoretical cosmologist at the Institute for Advanced Computational Science. The man is brilliant. And there's, with everything that's going on with space this week, he advises NASA. So uh, if that means anything to you, you're definitely going to want to get an update on some more space news tomorrow because there's been a ton. A, a lot of people are wondering if we're entering into the age of private moon missions. All right, 800-848-9222. Hey, speaking of podcasts, I want to encourage you to subscribe to my podcast, The Racket Report. My guest this week is uh, George Martirano. And um, again, if you want to hear this, just search The Racket Report on any podcast app or go to redapplepodcastnetwork.com and search The Racket Report. And you'll hear my interview with George Martirano. This is a man who was sentenced to life in prison. Why did he get life in prison? Well, his ju- his lawyer, his own lawyer, the lawyer that represented him, was actually under indictment and was sentenced for, I think it was a tax fraud case. You know who testified on behalf of his lawyer? Can't make this stuff up, but it's absolutely true. The judge. The judge in George Martirano's case testified for his lawyer as a character witness. Listen to this. Ultimately, you decide to plead guilty instead of taking your case to trial. How come? Why not roll the dice at trial? You strike me. My own attorney. Mm. I was set up by my own attorney, Robert Simone. He had he was pending indictment, which I didn't know. And Nicky Scarfo, uh, he was the mob boss at the time. He was he was also on set me up, and uh, they had the judge. They they messed around. They got the judge all in the newspapers. Uh, the judge testified against my lawyer, Simone, uh, as a character witness. Never been done before in the history of uh, of uh, in federal court. Actually, when he came, when they called him as a character witness, he came through the door where prisoners come through and his robe, black robes, takes a stand in front of the other judge and says he's the greatest guy in the world. I mean, that is crazy when you think about it. Absolutely crazy. 800-848-9222. Neil, what's on your mind? You know, Frank, your quest for the recovery that 631 touched my heart so Thank much. You. you know, I'm just a dollar's worth of tissues wiping the tears out of my <laughs> eyes. So what I think I'd do, first I thought maybe we could start like a GoFundMe page, you know, but I don't know if you'd get it, you'd be able to get that much money, Frank. So what I'd like to do is if you just rip up that check, I'm going to mail a check to you for 631. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I, I just want the, the the money from the people that already tried to pay it to me. That's it. I don't want I don't want any money from the listeners or anybody like that. I just want a, a new check issued from the folks that I did this work for 15 years ago. I appreciate the sentiment, Neil, but believe it or not, there are even a few people out there, not many, but a few, that are even more needy and well-deserving than I am. 
Uh, I don't believe it's not. No, there's a couple. Thank you, Neil. Hey, by the way, speaking of podcasts, Matt Blaze, what did uh, what became of the Darker Side of Midnight podcast? Did you guys complete this opus? It's in process. I think it will post today, and then we'll have a new episode tomorrow, Friday morning. There'll be a new episode. You're, you're recording a new episode tomorrow? No, yes. I will, I'm going to post the episode that was already recorded gotcha. today, and then we'll record a new episode tomorrow. We're bringing it in slowly. This is big. This is uh, bigger than right. Rick Astley's comeback. We have wasn't to build the anticipation. Heavily anticipated. Yes. yes, we have to build the anticipation. All us. right. Okay. Thank you very much, there, uh, Matt. Hey, uh, Tony, how was your experience working on this podcast for the first time? Oh, I, I had a good time. I, I got to see Matt in a different light. You know, he was in his own little zone. He was more active, <laughs> more loud. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Then there now are I see two what it's toad all about. sloths that are more active than he is right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely is in a different light, that's for sure. All right, so be on the lookout for that. If you want to uh, check that out, just subscribe to the Darker Side of Midnight podcast. It serves as sort of a, I, I, look, I think it's basically an opportunity to just make fun of me, which is great. It's fine. Some people really enjoy it, and you can check that out. All right. Um, Charles is in Queens. What's on your mind, Charles? Good morning, good morning. Uh, I, I called to make uh, two observations regarding grammar, but if I may, I'd like to first make a comment uh, who I think would make a great uh, vice president, uh, vice president nominee in the Republican ticket. Sure, we got about 40 um, seconds, Charles. Go ahead. Oh, for everything? So let me make the other... All right, uh, all right you want me to put okay. you on hold? We'll hold you over to next hour, and you can have more than more than 40 seconds. You know, but by the way, this is good rule of thumb for future callers. If you have things to say, just say them. You don't have to provide an introduction. Just just go right into it. Right into it. Just jump right in. All right. Uh, Charles is a great guy, though. Potential listener to a week material right there. He's just got to get a little more active on social media. Until next hour, whether it's space or anything else, keep asking questions. <laughs>